0: Welcome to Cartoonist K-Fabe. My name is Ed Piskor. I'm Jim Rugg. We're bringing back the weekly shoot, Jimmy. What is the week? Uh, what, what day is it, man?
1: 1229. <laughs> Talk about being put on the spot early in the morning, Ed. Good Lord. It's
0: like you don't remember the format, James. <laughs> got a couple couple pieces of feedback that uh, routinely come into the k DMs, emails, chats, all that stuff. One is, got to bring back the, the weeklies, man. Here we are. To, I think I say that now and then. A lot of people have uh, been asking how they can contribute to the channel uh, directly. And there's a lot of ways to do that. People have been sending us books. People have been uh, certainly promoting the, uh, the, the channel uh, online. But we've put together a Patreon recently. And we've already put together you know a, a pretty decent little group of kayfabers who, uh, who are contributing directly to the channel. Gonna pin something to the uh, the the chat right now, but gotta thank everybody, and we're gonna bring some real value to uh to the patrons that have uh, that are supporting us. Um, if you've seen uh, lately when we record live, well, when we record our videos, we've been uh, streaming our live recording session, and that's been that's been mitigating the kayfabe effect for uh, the people who watch because they're getting a direct line on this stuff that we're talking about. And uh, we are going to uh, keep that relegated to our King Favor Patreons, patrons who are um, supporting the channel at that level so that uh, they could have access to us in that, in that private chat. They could see the videos before anybody else sees them. Once again, we pinned it to the, uh, the, the top of the chat there so that you could uh, join us. Because what's going to happen is after this weekly shoot, we're going to take about a 10 minute break. Gonna go set up in the other room, get all our books together. We're gonna to start up another stream, and that stream is gonna be for uh, for the, the 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 patrons who are uh, supporting us, and they're gonna be able to interact and see the books that we're talking about um, before anybody. Sometimes a week before, sometimes maybe months before, because there's always one video that's gonna be in the queue so that we can. Uh, live our lives and have some travels man you've been to hawaii recently i've been to japan recently but we kept putting a video out every single day brand new
1: yeah absolutely and uh, i've enjoyed those live streams all this stuff is somewhat experimental at least in the beginning yeah and i feel like that was one that turned out to be really good yeah just for that little bit of back and forth and, and being able to get some input in between videos and things like that i think it's a real good use of patreon based on we've run patreons ourselves and i feel like It's a chance to kind of like, hey, if you want to put some questions out there, if you want to get a little bit more involved, that's a really good way to do it. And uh, it allows us to kind of focus on it maybe a little bit more than if it's across everything. And there's always social media to post. I was listening. I listened to a ton of wrestling podcasts. And one of the things they do, and I I maybe should have brought this up before we came on, but they do hashtag the name of the show. So across social media, you know, if you want to ask a question of JR's hashtag, JR's barbecue or something. You should plug us now for that free plug. I was listening to that on the way over. But, uh, I, you know, like that could be another way. But we do get a lot of this kind of input from people all over the place. The Patreon will give us a little bit more of a focus on easier to keep up with because it is still just a two-person operation. For people that wonder how we do this, that was one of the things we got a lot of positive feedback is people watching those streams of how we do it. But it's still just just us, too. You know, we didn't have an intern or anything to help with that uh, kind of sorting this stuff out. So hopefully the Patreon will be a, a way to kind of keep in a little better touch uh, both ways back and forth between us and and our audience.
0: And, and as we continue to kind of build funds for the channel, the hope is that the production starts to uh, starts to increase and that that takes money and that takes knowledge, too. So right. if anybody knows, like if there's like a one stop shop for all the best, like, mixing mixers microphones cameras for streaming for recording video uh, a lot of people have criticisms yo why don't you guys have 4k cameras contribute to the patreon and over time right, like exactly. we'll be able to, to to get a 4k camera
1: <laughs> yeah it's uh i don't know if baby step is appropriate but but you know we've added like tiktok so we're slowly building out but again to people it, it does take time to do this and it takes time away from other things so you know, you do kind of have to do it incrementally, but definitely it's something I'd like to see happen in 2023 is continue to upgrade equipment. And we have, you know, we've been buying equipment, I think, since we started. Sure. Uh, different lights and mics and Got things to like that. Got get new lights. So.
0: Got to get new lights pretty soon, man. Our, it's a pretty good luck with out.
1: equipment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is funny with the lighting is that uh bought those lights, I don't know, We. week
0: Two? yeah <laughs> pretty early on
1: um talk about stuff that works man when it works it's uh, it always impresses me when something lasts for a while it is fascinating how we sort of jumped
0: on board this YouTube train while it's after it's been kind of commodified in a way where you can simply go online and get all the basic materials man uh the the lights came with like a backdrop rig and the hope That's with right. the hope with that was to uh, use the green screen and then you know, take our image out and put cool backgrounds in. But, but green screens are finicky, it seems, man. And you gotta have like all the wrinkles out of it. And, and th- we tried some things that just didn't work. And you guys should be thankful that you didn't see some of those,
1: uh, those efforts. One of the things I'd I'd like to figure out too is portability. Like yeah. I'd like to be able to run into comic shops and do a quick video, this or to is, do live events out out and about stuff like that.
0: This little uh, rig that we have right here seems pretty good. I took I took it to Japan, dude, and that's how I caught the uh, Takashi Okazaki interview. Uh, I'm looking at our setup right here. Like I'm not a million percent happy with with the light that's that's hitting our face with this here but it's good for portability and it's probably good when the camera's on one person that's me thinking out loud man see Mm -hmm. that's that's just process talk uh but man 2023 is upon us a couple of days away jimmy and i feel very very hopeful uh about comics in the new year but i also think that uh, it's incumbent upon us the Fans of comics and us as the creators of comics, to to see this thing through. Um, there's 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 nobody looking out for your best interests. Certainly uh, the makers out there who are working for others, uh, you got to take care of yourself, man. And and just while I was out on my travels, reading about how people, a lot of people working for publishers, not getting paid and not knowing if others are getting paid, and that's everybody at the at the publisher or something like that. Like we have to we have to work together a lot more my hope is that there are other networks of youtube uh channels that sort of develop over the next year or two that we can um all use to uh to bring our books on by whenever we have some new stuff to promote man because print print is come on now man like people are consuming this way more i bet you we sold more copies of that love and rockets box set than any of the other places
1: that fantagraphics might have sent those Those uh, box sets, too. Yeah, it's definitely a a different world in comics. You know, I grew up loving all the print coverage. Heck, we started with Wizard Magazine. It's true. (laughs) I don't even know what an equivalent of that is anymore. Uh, I'm not sure there's anything left, uh, you know, from from that that time. But everything has changed in the last couple of years. You know, the, the book market has taken over. We were talking before we started, and it's like talking about the direct market now would be like talking about the newsstand in the 90s or something. Yeah. In terms of the shift. Um, whenever I was traveling, you know, um, I, I go to comic shops and talk to comic shop owners all that I can. Got to talk to some in Hawaii. Um, we have Comics Pro coming to Pittsburgh yeah. in late February, which is the group, a professional group of comics retailers. And the thing that I've learned from talking to retailers since we started this channel, since we were doing store appearances and things, is it's it's we say comics retailers. And yes, there's a group. But man, they're a bunch of individual businessmen and women like they each one of them runs their shop differently. And I'm eager to just like continue those conversations because they're always revealing. Yeah. It's always different than whatever I thought. And it and they're always different from one to the other. So that's one of those things that's coming up that I hope we get a chance to really uh, bring some new voices into this conversation about comics and where they're at and how retail works, both for the retailers, but also for the makers. Because more and more, you know, we did the doujinshi Japanese episode of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Not the Last Dojinshi episode we're no. going to be covering. But looking at that like it really feels like we're going to see more and more of that in the American market where it is self-publishing. Like why would you go to these companies where they the page rates aren't very much? Yeah. And then you own maybe nothing or a small piece. There are alternatives now that I think become more and more attractive as we move forward and One of those things is what's the bridge between the self-publisher and the comics retailer? Yeah. So, you know, these are conversations I look forward to having this year and into the future because I actually am very optimistic with where comics are. You know, I, I think our industry is maybe not a great industry, but I do think, like, comics have never looked better. There's never been a bigger talent pool making comics. Like, in every way, comics are... They're unstoppable and they have been forever. One yeah. of the books I want us to look at is um, an ad book from the 30s of comics ads. Once comics started doing advertising, they dominated the advertising landscape to the point that advertisers and traditional illustrators and designers hated comics because they just, that's what people were responding to. So pretty soon they took over advertising yeah. until you get your collapse in the 50s when it's like suddenly comics are the devil's. You know, message or whatever. But so are you, comics saying, have always are you been great.
0: that? Are you saying that the Kefauver hearings is a Madison <laughs> Avenue conspiracy? <laughs> I think it helped to bring back more elegant. That's right. Uh, that's right. Howard chaikin
1: like uh, d- design. hundred percent. To... I couldn't say it better. <laughs> but but I do think that comics have always been this unstoppable force because, as an art form as a language, they're phenomenal. And I mean, it's there. There's so much about comics that are better now than they've ever been. And what we've got to figure out is how do we continue to strengthen that. From creator to consumer to yes. reader,
0: yeah, and I think uh, I think what you said about the retailers, how they're each their own individual cottage business, I think that uh, that that applies to the cartoonist. Yes, like that's that's what I mean. That's what we mean by the title: "There is no comic industry. It's up to us. It's not up to cartoonist kayfabe. It's up to everybody who loves this medium to keep the thing going. Because if you are if you are beholden to like the corporate sort of structures that exist within comics at the at the highest level down to distribution it's a pretty old model and when i was out in japan so was the editor-in-chief of of marvel comics he didn't come back to the u.s for a long time that's the editor-in-chief so is he editing abroad i don't know but he wasn't he wasn't in the states looking at books every two seconds i I could tell you that and uh, we, we got to just we got to take the bull by the horns and we got to not make excuses. It's like there are holes. There are gaps. Those dudes, those old dudes are operating using very old logic. And uh, in each of those gaps is opportunity. And we have to adapt or you die in as much as the single... Creator doesn't get to do his thing. Like, if you don't adapt, you don't get to prosper. But that doesn't mean that other people aren't going to. You know what I'm saying? Like, just I just putting this platform together with you, Jimmy. It's increased sales in comics by an exponential degree. Like, it became very very clear that this was a smart road to go down, and perhaps maybe the best, uh, the best sort of added piece to my comics business and practice that I put together in like 10 years up to, up to the point that we started the channel. So there are always these opportunities and maybe it is you, you show some drawing techniques on TikTok for, you know, 30 seconds a day or something like that. And then you build up a big ass fan base. I just read an article this morning uh, from a dude in town who had a couple hundred thousand. He's a chef and he makes uh, pasta like a la carte here in Pittsburgh and uh, overnight, he, he made a video that caught fire. He has over a million uh, subscribers, and that's something that he's able to monetize. You know, if, if it's shirts, if it's s- s- selling sauces that, you know, his, his restaurant manufactures, like he's got all these like little income streams that
1: weren't even thought about sometime before. Yeah, it's really bizarre, but we just have so many of those tools. The idea that a restaurant is or, or you know a chef is also selling like his branded stuff like t-shirts and weird things like imagine ex- trying to explain that to you know chef boyardee 50 years ago like they'd be like what are you talking about and it's such the norm now and why shouldn't it be you know you're putting your life into this stuff yeah if somebody connects to that of course they want to wear a shirt or they want to be reminded of that stuff in a calendar or something. You know, it's like you want to surround yourself with these things that really you love, that you connect with, that mean something to you. And those things are expressed in a lot of different ways. You know, the, the main thing may be the chef, may be the food, but there's other elements that are like, you know what, we actually have a lot in common, you know, is what you find with stuff. with We see it all the time, I think, with cartoonist kayfabe, you know, audience people, whether they're creators or readers, like, tons of overlap exist outside of just the very specific like street angel from me to you but then also like oh yeah we're also fans of the Hernandez brothers you know like we're, we're fans of these same influences and in these same other books and it's pretty easy to kind of like continue to build that and to build that connection and probably going to be more and more important going forward because of the na- nature of how many people are connected finding those people that you really resonate with yeah and again there's a million tools for this like for all the we see a lot of negative feedback online. And I don't just mean like aimed at us or whatever, but just in general, you know, not even just within comics. You see it about when a new movie comes out or a book or anything. And I I, I went to uh, Barnes & Noble, a little aside. Here's a comics adventure that I had this week. Barnes & Noble, I had some gift cards from Christmas and they have 50% off hardcovers. I don't know if this is the first time they've done it or not, but like the two days after Christmas. So it's like, all right, let's go, you know, m- make these, make these uh, gift cards go as far as we can. So you get there, and it's like, oh, this is a bookstore full of people browsing books and being excited about books, which is just awesome. I love that. They have giant manga section, right? You yeah. find my Fist of the North Star Volume 7 there. And uh, then they have, like, their Marvel and, and Image and everything else, like the, the Western graphic novels. And it was in this big U-shaped, like, I don't know, how 30 shelves or something, a large selection. I went to the Cranberry Barnes & Noble, just FYI for you because you have a close one. Then I was looking for stuff for my nephew, who's 10, and he loved uh, Dogman, but he's kind of outgrown that, you know, so it's like, all right, let me let me find some stuff. And I saw nothing like I'm like, oh, man, no Y.A., but I'm looking around at the bookstore because I just love looking at all the book design. And guess what? I find the Y.A. bookshelf section in another section of just graphic novels. The thing we were craving whenever Plain Jane's originally came out from Minx was like, this should be in a Y.A. section. Look a little bit further, and there's an all-ages section that's as big as the manga and mainstream section. I found books, comic books, Koyama books, in sports section. I found stuff in travel, graphic novels, like just scattered throughout the store. It's incredible. I had no idea. I barely, I I just don't go to Barnes & Noble. It's not convenient for me. What they have done, it's a whole, and it's similar to when I first started looking at Webtoons. I remember looking at Webtoons five years ago and just being like, There are millions of comics on here, and they don't really look like manga, and they don't look like anything I see in the Wednesday stores, and there's, like, engagement. Like, it's not just a bunch of cartoonists that are, you know, middle schoolers trying to put something online. It's like, there are passionate fan bases on here, but totally different than anything I'd ever seen. That's what it felt like walking around the Barnes & Noble graphic novels. Publishers I'd never heard of. I saw one book. It was number one on Webtoons, number one New York Times bestseller. There are different avenues, people, for yep. making comics and putting them in front of lots of and lots of readers.
0: Yeah, even years ago, whenever we went to that one Heroes Con where they brought some of the web cartoonists, man. Yes. And, and, and Kate Beaton was in that crowd. And then there was like Ned Royd, which is like a potato character <laughs> or something. And like four or five other people, um, Meredith Grand, Octopus Pie, she was there. And they had bigger lines than everybody in the entire convention. And we we're like, oh, dude, we, I think we need to start making some web comics and shit. Uh, and you go to those websites and you see the networks of, of these websites and how they work and, and the engagement that like the most popular stuff has. Um, you know, it's into the millions sometimes. And, and Webtoon, like it's owned by Line. Line is the DM of choice for Asia, Everybody, like if you go to Japan, you got to have line to communicate with your friends that you make and stuff in in Korea. And those are comics culture. Those are the comics cultures that if you want to, if you want to see a comics industry, a model for a comics industry, you go to Japan. Like I was there, like that one Sunday I was there. There were three comic conventions in Tokyo on that exact same day. There was Tokyo Comic Con for your like Marvel Almost exclusively Marvel now. I think about it, but you're like your pop culture mm-hmm. mainstream type shit. There was Comitia, which is the independent Dojinshi festival where people. It's like a SPX except on fucking steroids. We're gonna make a video about that. And then there was this other one that catered to more Western and like they called it foreign comics, where it would be like French and Franco-Belgian and and I guess maybe independent American stuff. Um, Three different festivals that commanded probably all together, because it was the small Dojinchi festival. Uh, all together, probably a hundred thousand plus people between those three, uh, in the Hermit country that has you know half the population of the U.S. You know, so like just seeing the stuff that was going on out there was crazy. But I, I could also make the argument that um, Fist of the North Star, which was in Shonen Jump, is a Comic for a 10-year-old. <laughs> you might be right. I bet you my nephew would love it. Yeah. But he doesn't get my
1: collection of those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. Maybe I should be buying two sets. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But, but you know, the, the, my point of saying all that is just if you're not happy with, with exactly where you are in comics, especially as a reader, there are a lot of options right now. Yeah. You know, look around. I mean, it's just because you do have access to Japanese. You do have access to Korean. You you have access to European you stuff. Have, you have access. You have to access
0: years. to a fucking internet full of hundreds of millions if not billions of people choose your platform you know there's hundreds of millions of people on on instagram or something and it has that swipe feature you know and it's caters to the square like there there should be a resurgence of the daily strip and you see the people who prosper who do it like like simon Hanselman i think about
1: that all the time with I feel like uh,
0: his his uh, pandemic joint he, was, he did that he was daily teaching,
1: teaching comics lessons yeah. to makers out there and growing his audience gigantically Yes. Super smart, man. So, I again, I, I feel nothing but optimism towards this. But I do think it, it's challenging to make comics by themselves. Whenever you then add the component of, like, okay, i got to make this work, i got to build my own business, you know, it's, like, challenge on challenge. But look at it as opportunity because, I mean, the alternative is you let somebody else run those decisions and you see what we see. Yeah. You know, these companies go out of business and they owe... I mean, think of the number of Christmases that are ruined because some, some company doesn't pay what they owe their creators. Yeah. You know, tr- you just got to try real hard not to be in that position. And fortunately, I think, I think that we we do have a brighter future ahead in terms of what alternative options are available. I think that we as peers
0: are in a kind of a catbird seat in having a vision for how things change in a way because we we come up in a very weird time where the the digital convergence like happened in our lifetimes and we saw whole illust- illustration careers evaporate from guys who just vehemently opposed to get a computer to learn a computer to figure the online part of illustr how illustration transitioned um and in order to be sort of, to to, to to be a Luddite at that level and maintain a career, you have to be in the 1% of illustrators. Like, I'm quite confident a guy like Robert Crumb never had to get a computer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't think he has an Adobe uh, the, subscription? <laughs> Los Bros send their art to Fantagraphics for scanning and all that stuff. I bet you if you ask them, there's a little bit of nervousness in there when they send that art, but they do it because they don't fuck with it. But like, I know the Los Bros and you are not the Los Bros. You know what I'm saying? You got to figure that stuff out. So that was at the, was at the early stages of the net, where It was just kind of cool that you can digitize stuff. And instead of sending art, you could send like a zip disk or something. But times have changed even further. And we are like the illustrators who were around. I think of Mark Zingarelli who, who did um, stuff in Weirdo and uh, illustrated a Joyce Brabner graphic novel or something. But he had almost like a full 30-year career before the computer becomes a thing. And he took, you know, six, seven months uh, of hard practice and he learned it and succeeded and built like a really, really good illustration career after that. And we are just in a very liquid time where there is so much opportunity... And uh, I think one of the great fictions of of art making or or being a an artist, a professional artist, is that uh, when you're young and you're coming up, you assume that the artist may has one income stream, which is their art. And that's just not the case, man. There's there's a million different ways that uh, these like kind of incomes can come in, and a lot of different avenues. And one of the other things that I took from, from my experience out there in Japan is like a play, like Studio Ghibli or any of the successful manga or anime, they skin that cat 4,000 ways. You know, like Studio Ghibli, you could buy a million tchotchkes. Like the movie is the tree that all these other little limbs hang off of. And there's notebooks, there's toys, there's gotchapons, there's storyboard books, there's other art books, there's hoodies, you know, like it's the it's the McFarland thing that in our first shoot interview when he when he was like I, I wanted like four pillars man you have with the comic you need toys you need action figures you need a movie and a cartoon and that's the highest level that's like the the biggest money maker things like. In terms of like windfall, but there's there's a way to make a sustainable income doing art, but nobody's models will match my model' That's right too. my model doesn't y- match yours
1: yeah you, you you mentioned this on a recent episode where you talked about like your experience in art school and how like every professor had a different kind of a different set of values, different ideas of like maybe how you how you succeed the direction to go. And the thing is like, you do want one answer, especially when you're starting out, you want to have a set of like, this is what I got to do, you know? And if I do it, I succeed and it doesn't exist that way. And in hindsight, I like that. It means I don't have to be like someone else, you know, like, like I feel less competition now than I ever have. And it's because the further along you get, the more you realize what you're doing is you're the only person doing it. And not just in terms of your style or your stories, but how you're making those ends meet, you know? And I kind of, I like that part now. It allows for a tremendous amount of freedom. Try out all of these different tools and see which ones you like and which ones fit what you do. Um, but in the beginning, it's very frustrating where it's like, I just want an answer. Yeah. And unfortunately, we don't live in that world. I, I you know I don't know that we have in a long time where it's like, when I was a kid, it was Marvel, DC, and Archie. Yeah. That was about it. <laughs> and I'm so thankful that that's not it anymore. But yeah. it does require maybe a little bit more responsibility. You mentioned the catbird seat. You mentioned a lot there, Ed. One is, uh, you know, working digital or sort of transitioning through these tools. Like I was looking at some of these books at at Barnes and Noble that were coming out of, like, say, webtoons, and you look at it, and it's almost this other art form. And I think it's because of tools. Like these are people that are starting, and it's not out of their notebooks with all their notes and thumbnails and things like that. And it's a whole different way to think. You know, whenever you're you're working that differently in terms of process. So that part's pretty exciting. But the first time I met a pro and went to somebody's house, I was 16, and they told me a story about getting stiffed on a comics job for Christmas. And this mm. is a dude that had a family. Yeah. So, like, before I ever sent real submission pages out, I was conscious of, like, don't count on these companies. Yeah. You know, don't count on these people. Don't don't put yourself in this vulnerable position. Yeah. You know, if that paycheck's not there when it's supposed to be, like, don't go forward. You know, get that thing resolved because, I mean again age 16 like this dude's like you know f-bombing yeah <laughs> in regards to his experience and this was a working professional who had like you know the world's worst christmas because some company goes belly up and that's always been in my head be sure like as much as you can don't don't be dependent on one of these places yeah i see a lot of stuff in the chat about
0: how you get discovered yada yada like with with this with this internet and with building a uh like a social media plat- like platform for yourself. Um, one of the sort of great, I like, I like, I know what it feels like to to make a hit. Like, I like, I know what that is. I've, I've, I've done it. And with a uh, Hip Hop Family Tree on Boing Boing, so it's before really social media was really catching on with like MySpace and all that stuff. Uh, they gave me an opportunity to put up a comic strip every week and the tools for social media that we had were actually more powerful than they let them be now. So like on Facebook, I remember, you could pop in a URL in the search field and there would be a drop down, and it would show that URL and it would show how many times that website URL was shared or how many times it appears on people's profiles on, uh, on Facebook. And I made it a practice whenever I put up a strip to see like how far it's reaching that way because I didn't have access to the numbers through the website um, and I didn't want to bug those people to like give me those numbers all the time and uh, there was a site called Topsy that got um, taken down that basically was a site like I described like like the Facebook thing except it was for um, Twitter and Twitter made that shit disappear or bought it or something like that (laughs) Um, but what I would do every week, I would check those metrics. And when I did the hip hop family tree thing, uh, and really felt good about it and excited. And I stayed away from the internet for like five hours that morning because I'm like, I just hope that people dig this because I want to do another one. After like five hours, I saw that it got like retweeted like 10,000 times. Uh, it got like 30,000 something like, like shares or something on on Facebook and everything else I put together was like 200, 600, maybe you get a 2,000 or something. But when it's like that, you know you're onto something. And with your Instagram, uh, you put up something compelling. It could could reach a lot of eyeballs. It's being delivered to a lot of people. uh, And if they respond quick enough, they send it out to a couple more people. And if those people respond, they send it out to a couple more people through the explore page, whatever. And it's very clear when you have, when you're onto something, uh, it'll be, it'll be very clear, but you can't just be treading water, doing the same mold
1: and expecting different results. Yeah. It's, uh, I always, uh, caution people because I love the comics, but I don't want to give anybody the impression it's easy no you know it's, it's very hard to get over it's hard to get over in any business yeah especially any competitive this is an entertainment business it's extremely competitive right so you know i don't want to give that false impression but there are a lot of options there are a lot of tools and i would just encourage people like if you're unhappy with the spot you're in as a reader or a maker look around try other stuff because you'll at this point you will not run out of new artists to try to read or new platforms to try to put your work on. Um, you know, there's there's just infinite now at this point for both makers and for readers. And I say if you're not if, if you've gotten maybe a little stale where you're at. Keep, keep pushing try shake it up it's, it's a new year make a new resolution to kind of get out of that that comfort zone or that area that you're not happy with and look around and see what else is out there yeah. because it's um you know I see in the in the chat people talking Marvel DC it's so much more than Marvel DC and Instagram like again just walking through Barnes and Noble every single publisher has a graphic novel line at this point yeah um, you know there's just again you could spend your entire life I, I do looking at this stuff. And you can still find gigantic, huge areas where it's like, I haven't even stepped foot. It's like a new continent. Yeah. So, you know, if you're not happy with with what you're seeing in your comics world, look around. Because there are a lot of different comics worlds out there, and I bet you haven't explored all of them Yeah, look around, try some different things, uh, have some courage to
0: do something that that other people have not yet done in terms of these other platforms and things Uh, like that. Laura Olympus, you know,
1: that's like the big web, web tune. That's the one I was looking at that was number one New York Times bestseller, number one web tunes. And while I'm standing there, a, a young woman and her mother came through and passion as she was picking up one of those volumes and her mother was well aware of it. You know, like I imagine this is somebody that grew up reading this stuff had a parent that encouraged them to read and, you know, bought collections when they come out or whatever, but they were both aware of this book and super happy to see, you know, the new volume there on this, on the stand. So I love those moments too, when you actually witness that enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. But she got it,
0: she got into the game when, when webtoons was nothing, you know, like it was, it was a trifle. And, and certainly people within the comics industry was like, I'm going to give my comics away for free on this platform. Uh, she did it seem to do. Okay. Uh, it, Another caution is that whole, like, you know, giving out free work, exposure, that kind of stuff. There is a point where that works, but I would say that you just have to do it to your own comfort level. Because, like, when I was doing that stuff over at Boing Boing, I wasn't... It took me seven days to make a strip, and I, I think I got, like, 150 bucks for that strip, for that week's work. It took seven days to do. I was living off of savings with the hope that uh, something would happen from it, man. But it was just... A hope and a prayer really and it was luck but you got to invest you know you got to invest uh in yourself sometimes and, and take that shot and maybe you know i didn't get to see enough movies that that year and i didn't go to uh kennywood enough times and i sat down and i was just kept my head down but now shit is shit is gravy
1: yeah and again i i'm glad you say that because i don't want to give the impression any of this stuff is easier or, or you know it just can happen It is a lot of hard work and and trial and error. You know, the other thing that I'm hoping to do more of this year is get back to my local library, which is the other place where before the shutdown, before the COVID shutdown, I had done like three of those ALA events in like a year span because they have like the big annuals and then they have like smaller shows. And I was thinking about it on the ride over here like, well, libraries aren't that big, you know, and yet these events are huge. They're in gigantic convention halls and they're packed with people and every publisher's there. And I realized like, oh, it's school libraries and university libraries and private libraries and public libraries, they're everywhere. Like comics are now in places that they weren't when we were kids. They're not in 7-Elevens, okay? You know, I'll give you that. I used sure. to buy them at the gas station, but they weren't in libraries. And now yeah. I can walk to my local library and borrow from any of the libraries that it's connected to. Um, same with reading like digital through libraries. You know, you can get these library cards for libraries in other states and access their digital holdings. So. You know, I'd encourage people look at your library holdings because those are, again, another world of comics that are being kind of, like, targeted. And when I say comics, like, that's an umbrella term for me. That's Peter Arno's single strips and Far Side. It's graphic novels. It's comic books. You know, the comic book, the graphic novel, those are formats in my world, but they're all comics. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. And uh, the plan is to uh,
0: have a day worth of talking comics with you, Jimmy. Yes. Uh, we're going to cut these. Weekly shoots to about thirty minutes, uh, because it's kind of like us just getting into kind of a talkative state and engaging with you guys. But here's what's going to happen, people. I'm going to put up another quick link to the Patreon, and for the King K favor Patreons, uh, we are going to cut the stream for about fifteen minutes to uh to go set up in the other room man, get the microscope uh primed and prepped for this week's worth of comic book episodes and uh if you contribute to uh the patreon at the king k fab level because we have several levels of that patreon jimmy we got we got the 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 first tier where you're getting a free video before everybody else gets it um at like the three dollar level there's a seven dollar level where you're getting three videos before the rest of the public gets to see it and then uh the top tier you're getting the complete weekly stream uh, of our recording session. So you're right there uh, able to see the books that we're talking about, hear about the books that we're talking about and engage with us at that level. The and stream's going to be
1: up. Track the books down before uh, K-Fab Effect takes effect. It's,
0: that's what it's about, <laughs> man. It's about mitigating that k Effect. It puts me effect. on the clock now. Yeah,
1: yeah, it does. We've had a couple of books pop up where I'm like, hey, man, we should kill this this live stream because <laughs> I don't have this book yet.
0: Yeah, but, uh, but they also get, like whenever we uh, edit our episodes and upload them to YouTube like they're sitting there in a queue waiting to go live and we're going to make those videos available to uh to the patrons at either you're you're either getting one three uh or all seven of our stream plus in 2023 I'm thinking of doing like more like solo stuff of like simple shit you know like G.I. Joe comics like random random issues of G.I. Joe well going in order but i like I would save like an important one for like the main channel with you, but I like that comic. That series got me into the game, so it's fun just kind of going. Pencil
1: through. me in for twenty four.
0: Yeah, no problem. That's a man. Big one for there's, me. there's another couple. There's a there's a couple yeah, yeah, that you sure have, to, have to have to be a <laughs> part of. Man. Um, but what I'm saying is we're uploading a lot of videos, and uh, the the patrons get first dibs on those. So what happens is we're gonna cut the uh, the stream short now. If you don't contribute. Nothing changes. You're still getting a fresh video every single day. Nothing changes. This is all just for people who wanna support the channel and get in a little bit early so that they don't have to buy a $500 copy of this or
1: that. And let me just add, there's a lot of ways to support this channel. Yeah. Uh, Patreon's great. It's something new we're trying. Please give it a shot if you're inclined. But I mean, sharing the channel, sharing videos, when something pops up and you like it, share it to every channel that you've got, you know, put it out there on those platforms. It's how we grow. It's how we've grown up to this point. So that's a huge way to help us. We uh, we sell merch, you know, check out our spread shop. You know, you buy hats, T-shirts, coffee mugs, fanny packs, all (laughs) kinds of stuff there. We have those links under all of our videos. That's a good one. And, um, you know, just talk comics with us. Hashtag Cartoonist Kayfabe whenever you've got uh, recommendations and questions and things like that. And just spread the good word, man. Make more comics. Read more comics. Yeah, for sure, man. So, like I said, we're going to cut the stream short
0: uh, now. We're going to head in the other room. We're going to record this week's worth of episodes, but we're going to start up the private live stream to the top tier of our uh, Patreon patrons. So if you guys are in the mix, come join us. And if not, we'll see you next week.